Welcome to the Enneagram 2.0 podcast. I'm Beatrice Chestnut. And I'm Uranio Pais. And today we are talking a little bit more deeply about the wings and airline movements as pathways for transformation. Yeah, we get feedback that this is a theme people want to hear more about. And, and we love talking about that. And this won't be the last episode we'll do on that at all. There is even, I think, new theory coming up, maybe. So, but not, not today. Today, we want to clarify a few important things. Right, right. But before we go on, happy to have you here in London, in Good my office, here. in my house. And uh, we are doing retreats here. We did um, an, an experiential retreat with a great group of people. Mm. And we start tomorrow the, uh, the alchemical retreat. Or, right most advanced retreat of our personal personal mastery program so we are happy with that yes yes looking forward to that yeah and also iceland pretty soon talking right. about shadows right so exciting moment of the year uh, by the end of 2023 maybe right. you are listening to this later on but we we always like to say when we are recording this i'm also going to germany next weekend oh. and doing a subtypes training there for a group and i'm really excited about that because i've never done any teaching in germany mm. although i love germany my brother lives there and his wife and their kids and so i i really enjoy going to germany so but this this will be great to, and I, to teach a course i admire you for the fact that you understand a little bit of german mm, not very and much <laughs> and you even say some words with good pronunciation oh, uh, yeah and i and say then, some words with horrible it, it you should see the looks on the germans faces when i try to say certain well words. they they certainly get <laughs> happy horrified. that you're trying although they they're, are well they're known to be a little picky if the pronunciation yeah. is not ready yeah it's not not the best yeah you know so yeah and what is funny for me is that when you try to speak portuguese which you also understand a little bit a little and bit. you have a little bit of vocabulary already um, when you do that sometimes you have a german accent <laughs> that is the weirdest thing i've ever heard and it's not fair because i don't speak german or portuguese well and... i think it goes to a particular part of your brain where <laughs> languages are stored I mean, I will say that when I try to think of the Portuguese word, I think of the German word uh, very often, even though, again, I'm not fluent in German at all, and I don't know yeah. very many words. <laughs> yeah, and when, when I try to learn Italian or brush up my French, I, I really can't because I use Spanish more. So the words in mm. Spanish come to me and my mm. nat nature language in Brazil mm. is Portuguese. And so of course, yeah. trying to learn Portuguese has ruined my Spanish, what mm. little Spanish I had, which wasn't much in the Do first place. Do you think place. it's the aging for both of us or is it uh, mm. just uh, how it is? Maybe, maybe. Let's not talk about age. Maybe the arrows or wings <laughs> can help us with yes, that. Let's yes, see. maybe so, yeah. And the arrows and wings are, um, really some uh, an important topic very central to the enneagram because as gurdjieff said the enneagram symbol needs to be seen as being in motion right. that a static symbol is a dead symbol you know and he was very clear that we we need these uh, to be seeing it almost as always always either um, going up or going down uh, we sometimes say the enneagram symbol should be seen in three dimensions oh. uh, and so uh, we we not only should it be seen in three dimensions but we should be seeing it sort of uh in, in movement yeah. and so what we'll talk about today is um a little bit more depth um into talking about two pathways of growth one is the wings path 
Uh, and one is the aeroline path, because these are two different but very, very important ways that we can see uh, or, or model uh, the path of transformation that we each can take using the Enneagram. Right. Uh, yeah, there is the uh, Enneagram of personality and there is the, the process Enneagram. And the process Enneagram being about all the motion on the symbol and bringing us understanding of any process in life, not only our human transformation. So if we understand the process Enneagram a bit more, which is something very important if you go deeper in the study of this system, then we, we, we can use those things related to the movement uh, uh, along the lines of the Enneagram as something very useful in the study of personality types. So we, when we combine both, we are getting way more from all, all that the system can offer. Right, right. Yeah. And sometimes you say, and I like that, that the Enneagram always comes in threes. Right. Would you mind explaining that again? Yeah, the Enneagram always comes in threes. You know, there are three centers of intelligence. There are three types that overuse each center. There are three subtypes for each type. And the arrows and wings pathways are also representative of another kind of three. So for instance, I'm a two, I'm a type two. Um, part of my path of growth, one way I can um, grow and stretch and get out of the, the fixated view of my main type of type two is a kind of what we might call the wings path of development. Uh, that means I can learn, I can stretch into uh, doing things a little bit more like a one would do it or seeing through the perspective of one or doing things that healthy ones do more easily or more readily than I might as a way of, in, you know, with some intention, sort of moving out or stretching out of always seeing things through one lens. And that's the lens of my main type. Similarly, after I integrate some of the healthy qualities of one, I can also integrate the other wing point of two, which is three, and I can take on some healthy qualities of three. Like for instance, for me, I can sometimes get moody. And when I'm in a mood, it makes it hard to get things done or it makes it hard to be take on some of the practical tasks of life. But threes are really good at pushing moods out of the way. Um, and doing what they need to do in life. And if I can, you know, with some intention, stretch into three, then that is a kind of more gentle, gradual, early stage of development uh, move that I can start to make to um, lean in another direction or another direction as a way of not just being a two, right? So if I'm bringing in one and three in intentional ways and seeing how those add to my repertoire of strategies for being in life and doing and thinking and feeling, then that's a kind of three. It's a kind of triad of three types that are now informing um, you know, what I'm doing so that I'm not just stuck in two. Uh, and so we believe that what we are calling this the wings pathway is something that people can really benefit from. And by the way, just as a side note, 
Um, what we're talking about here, this sort of three, your type and your two wings as a growth pathway is one of the reasons why we don't adhere to the, you know, a lot of people when they talk about the Enneagram, they just talk of, they define their type in terms of one wing or the other. Like they'll say, I'm a two with one wing, right? But the problem with that, and this is something that we try to communicate in different ways, is that what I hear when that person says that is they need to work, if you're a two with a one wing, you need to work on integrating more three to balance yourself out because um, a bird with one wing flies in circles and we need both wings to, because again, it's the law of three is the idea that it takes three forces to bring anything new into creation. So if I'm, if I'm bringing in a lot of one, I'm by definition going out of balance and knowing the, with the Enneagram map, I can recognize um, bringing in more three with a lot of intention, um, doing things that, that healthy threes do is a way of creating more balance in my life by bringing in what we might call this wings pathway, uh, bringing in both of the wings to create a more positive transformation. Yeah, so I think it would be fair to say that there is no sustainable, complete transformation in a process of transforming that is well wrapped up without going to the two points, either the two wings or the two arrows. So transformation needs the three energies. And uh, that also brings us to another important point of understanding. Uh, many times we develop access to one of those points and not to the second one. Uh, like for you as a two, it could be like I go to one, but I don't go to three. For me as a five, it could be I go to four and I don't go to six or vice versa. Uh, and that is a problem. And right. the way we describe that is we are overusing one of the wings or one of the arrow points mm -hmm. and underusing the other one. And that's a problem. And we need to work on both things because when we overuse one, chances are that we fall into traps of that uh, point we are overusing mm -hmm. and start using it in not so good ways. Right. And if we underuse the other one, we are missing out and we are not developing other important points in balancing our transformation. And we are resisting things that are important for us to transform. Right. Like sometimes you've given me feedback. I'm a two and, uh, you know, I, I, I usually don't say I have a one wing because I can see both and I don't see it as sort of one is always dominant permanently. Um, but I know that, you know, I grew up in a family of four, as I've said before, with 50% of the people, the four people in the family were ones. So I can be very one-ish. Um, and I sometimes get criticized. I'm sorry. I sometimes get good feedback from you <laughs> that I can be really critical at times. Um, and I learned to watch that in myself based on your good feedback um, and to notice that sometimes I want to say something and instead of saying it, I, I kind of hold on to it for a minute and I look at it and I think, ooh, that's kind of that's kind of critical. That's going to be that would reasonably be heard as critical. And I don't need to say it that way. And I don't need to even be, you know, this is an excessively critical uh, perspective and to be able to see that is important. Now, hopefully I'm not going to be permanently, you know, overly critical as a two um, with 
like a one wing because and part of what can help me in that i believe is focusing a little more on three and bringing out the three in me to create more balance right and uh, just for you listening to us if you come to a workshop or retreat with us at cp you must uh, expect b to be very loving and not critical of you she's actually <laughs> critical just people of her family and me like a <laughs> sister and brother you know then, then she well, becomes more critical or, but, or a business uh, partner who's yeah. uh, doing certain things yes yes <laughs> but with the students she's not like that so no. you will be very welcome and you can expect yeah. me to be the loving presence there for you now not that i'm not but uh, she's especially that so okay so there is something else i want to say okay um in the past we used to say that the positive use of the wings and the positive use of the arrows uh, we called that conscious movement to the two points um, and the negative uh, movement to those two uh, uh, points uh, of growth mm -hmm. uh, we would use to call unconscious movement and we are changing terminology right now and announcing this, I, I guess, at this uh, podcast. Because we're always working on trying to articulate Enneagram theory in, in better ways that, that as we sort of work on unveiling a little bit more, chipping away at the truth embedded in this amazing symbol. Yeah, because in practice, it's tricky to say conscious because one of yeah. the meanings of conscious is going up. But the other mm. meaning you of mean, conscious... When, we, when you say going up, what do you mean? Is going up on levels, getting right. more... Uh, Becoming evolved, more conscious. Yeah, more conscious. Getting to a higher using, state of consciousness. Right. Yeah. So that's one of the meanings. But there is another one, which is uh, I am always conscious of going to those two points. Like, I know it's happening. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not unconscious for me. But not, not in the sense of being good or bad, more in the sense of following what's happening, mm -hmm. of knowing and observing what's happening. Right. And the reality is that the positive movement to either the two arrows or the two wings can be something that we receive from life mm -hmm. as a consequence of good work and being ready, but we receive uh, while that in other times it's something that we try to do and we evoke intentionally. Right. So basically we're suggesting a new terminology from today, which is evolution or devolution. Yeah. Devolution. Yeah. Devolution. Yeah. I'm not sure how to say that. Evolution yeah. or devolution. Yes. Devolution. De devolution sounds devolution. better. But basically... Right. Um, the opposite of evolution. <laughs> yeah, it's going up or going, going down, down on the levels of awareness. And being conscious, yeah. In, in Less being... conscious or more conscious. Yeah, yeah, but let's not use the conscious oh, sorry. word. Yeah, so it's more like <laughs> being more evolved or less evolved. Evolving right. or devolving. Right, and, and so... I guess we also want to say, and we're clarifying, and correct me yes. if I don't have this right, that when we're evolving, so using the arrows uh, or the two... Uh, so e either using the two wings or the two airline connected points uh, in order to help us evolve or become uh, more aware and and better, I guess. Yes. <laughs> I try not to use yes. the word conscious, although yes. it's hard not to. Uh -huh. That happens in two different ways. One is by intentionally evoking. Like if I am, you know, I just keep using my example myself yeah, yeah, yeah. so Good. we have an example. I don't want to seem self-centered. Yeah, it's good. Um, but 
um, if I'm a two, I can, I can, with a lot of intention, say, I'm, I'm trying to be a little more eight-ish. I'm trying to be, now I've spent a lot of time at four in my life, so I am trying to focus more on eight because doing well with I'm constantly f- uh, going to four. Um, so I'm in, with intention, I'm trying to be more direct. I'm trying to be more, a little more tough, more thick-skinned. I'm trying to be more assertive in a positive way. I'm trying to, um, you know, engage in constructive conflict in a way that doesn't make me feel hopeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these things that that can be me evoking that movement with intention. Um, but another thing that you've pointed out, another way that that we can move in a positive way to one of our evolve. arrow points evolve, evolve uh, or to one using our wing points is um, through receiving what life brings. And I like that because sometimes what happens is like, we'll get an opportunity. Like for instance, sometimes when we, when we're working with someone at a retreat, it'll be a person who's, um, you know, they've been given a promotion or they're giving an opportunity in their professional life that they're sort of not really sure what to do with it. It's sort of scary because they don't really feel like they're ready, but life is bringing that. Right. And, and when they talk about what they're doing and where they've been and, and they're really ready, they're just, you know, maybe their ego, their personality is just habitually sort of resisting uh, new opportunities or owning their strength. And so life in a way is bringing that person. And so in that instance, it's important for us to be uh, you know, always cultivating a, a state of receptivity to what life is bringing so that we can move with the inner flow of the Enneagram um, as a way of not resisting, you know, because I think one way we stay stuck in our personality patterns is by just habitually, without realizing it, like holding on to the way we've always done it. You know, like for me, I just, there's a like habitual way. Oh, I can always react in a certain way. And if I can see myself doing that and relax that resistance and just be open and receptive, sometimes the opportunities that life is bringing us, um, help us go and go to these, uh, these different points uh, when, when they're just showing up, you know, there may be a really obvious thing that's happening for you in your life that's, that's, that you can see as representative of one of your wing points or your airline connected points. And if you can see it that way and just allow it, it's more of an allowing and a receiving, then I think that's another way we can, um, we can evolve, we can grow um, using the, the wisdom of the movement of the symbol, which is on the one hand around the circle, which is the wing path, or in the inner flow, these inner uh, lines of the diagram, uh, where each type has these particular two points that are very, very um, specific antidotes or balancing points uh, that we can use to, um, to, to grow. Exactly. And um, let me intentionally use my arrow to seven now in trying to summarize this in a simple way. Like yep. Sevens are, are the, the point, the Enneagram point that summarize the best. Can I say view. something little before you do that? Yeah. We do something we do teach that I do think is very important is that we need to do the work in a particular order. 
So with the wings path, we yeah. believe we need to integrate first the arrow, the, the wing below. So as a five, that means you would integrate four first, work on that, and then work on integrating the arrow, the, the wing to six, right? And so those, that's, a, that's an important order. Um, and the more you've worked on four, the more you can see what's coming from four and six and not uh, go to six before you've integrated four, which makes it harder to sustain any change or shift that you create at six. Same with the arrow line points. Um, five is connected to, to eight and seven. And eight is the one that fives need to work on first because it's what we call the arrow against. So the arrow is pointing from eight to five, and then there is an arrow pointing from five to seven. Um, it's, uh, you know, there are many different ways these arrow line points can manifest. Sometimes it's when you go to eight as a five, you go back in time and access something from childhood. Sometimes a five can go to seven to go into the future and develop something new. So we just, I just want to mention that because if you're using a, this example that I really want to hear about a five going to seven, uh, there's an underlying assumption we might have that, that, that as a five to really take advantage of what comes from seven, it will be important for you to have done some intentional work on integrating eight uh, so that anything, any shifts that come from that arrow movement to seven as a five uh, are more sustainable or are or, or, it's easier to integrate those things in a way that creates a lasting evolution. Right. Yeah. That's for sure. Another very important point to be understood when using the arrows and the wings, but the summary of that previous conversation is that using the wings as paths for growth and using the arrows as paths for growth can be uh, serving evolution, evolution or devolution. And we need to be aware of if we are going up or down in, in our um, progress or, or coming back to lower levels when using the, the arrows and the wings. Now, when it's evolution, there are two things that might be happening. One is we are evoking those two points and forcing the evolution as in we are being active in making evolution happen. Intentional would be another word. Or we can be just receptive and receive what life is bringing us that uh, is good for our evolution. And we are not trying to evoke anything. We are receiving. So basically active or receptive in, in uh, using the good things about the wings and the arrows. Now let's move on and um, let's talk also about life moments. Sometimes we are going through a particular change. Sometimes we are doing in the work and we feel shaken. Other times, you know, something, something very difficult happens in our lives or a big opportunity, beautiful thing happens. So life moments bring us those movements uh, to either the arrows or the wings. We need to understand that we are not running the show completely, that we are not just making evolution happen, that um, many times life brings us the right opportunities. As, as in um, one of the holy ideas for uh, 0.7 on the Enneagram, like life's plan, the holy plan, uh, is always the very best thing that can happen to us. 
uh, what's happening now is the very best thing when it comes to to our evolution. If we follow that, it will be all very, very good. And uh, so receiving again. And we need to see what our life moment is and what, where life is bringing us. What is the flow, right? That That is very, very important when working with the arrows and, and the wings. So there is the evoking, the intentional thing, more active movement. And then the receptive movement means going with the flow of what life is already offering us as evolution opportunities. And uh, one last thing I want to say, B, is that sometimes people think that something they're doing is a, po a, a positive thing mm -hmm. in that arrow point, but it's not very positive and vice versa they think that there is something negative happening with them but it's actually positive mm -hmm. so i'll give two examples mm -hmm. uh, me as a five i think i i use very positively the movement to eight when i when i connect back to someone in a hard conversation and then i i am trying to really build a bridge and reconnect but I can also use eight and assertiveness and say it's very good that I'm assertive while I'm pushing the person away, mm -hmm. right? So I need to discern between the two things. Mm -hmm. Or, for instance, a, a nine going to six, start saying no, going against and being more of a contrarian and people cease to be happy with them. And that is very good for them. But chances are that the nine person says I'm getting worse. Uh, because it's not pleasant, people are giving me hard feedback, but that's exactly what needs to happen. So we need to understand that evolution will, will not always make us be more popular or right. not always make us feel good. It will be challenging right. and, and vice versa for the devolution. Right, right. It can be hard, especially towards the beginning of the path, because the way we might see what is actually a positive evolution is in, in some ways evaluated from the point of view of the personality, right? So a nine who's actually getting more assertive, more in touch with anger, even if it's not really elegantly expressed yet, they're getting in touch with it, right? Yeah. And so that needs to be seen and defined as a positive, even if it feels really uncomfortable or if it, other people might react to it negatively. So our intention now is to talk about each type and say one or two things for each. But is there anything else you want to say before that? Yeah, there's a, just a couple of things I want to say, or maybe just one more thing I want to say. And that is that sometimes people um, who are really interested in Enneagram theory want to know, like, what is the source of this, what we're talking about? And a lot of this is comes from what we've been seeing and thinking based on our experience working with individuals and groups. Um, but also we are always, you know, especially, you know, I, I'm an academic looking to the, you know, the most authoritative sources. Now, um, Claudio Naranjo didn't really have a teaching about the airline movements. He said a few things. People took things from what he said and drew certain conclusions. But we really want to emphasize that's not the source of this. Uh, it, you know, for instance, Claudio Naranjo is the source of the subtype teaching that we use, but not the source of this. 
Um, a lot of this comes from, um, you know, our, our reading of Gurdjieff and the way he talked about the process movement of the symbol and the Enneagram as a symbol of transformation, different studies that Uranio has done um, in Sufism and in the fourth way tradition, which is connected to Gurdjieff. And also, I would say A.H. Um, Almas and Sandra Maitri have, a, I think, a really beautiful teaching about the arrow line movements. Um, and so I think we also what we talk about is, I would say, similar to, if not identical with what they talk about also. So those are sort of more, you know, the connections, the, the sort of source connections that that I would um, that I would want to name because I know some people are interested in where does this come from? Yeah, I want to mention also my first Enneagram teacher in Brazil, Rasili, mm. who was right. who had way back the right uh, take, in my view, in this uh, point of theory. And I think we learn a lot, and a lot comes from that, from students and from yeah. working on ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, we, we're always looking at the evidence of how we see people in their process when we work with them. Um, so, I mean, that we're very grateful to, to the people we work with in retreats and workshops and um, sometimes in business and individually, uh, because we are always learning about the growth process from people who are actually engaged in it in very deep ways. Um, so, so I would say some of this comes from that. Right. In our um, courses, all kinds of courses, we, we really do work with people. We don't right. only teach theory, so right. we learn a lot. Right. Okay. Okay, so now we're going to talk type by type, and we're going to oh, mention... one more thing. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. Okay. One more thing. Um, when we talk about the airline movements and the wing movements, what we, we often get the question, like in webinars and classes, mm -hmm. courses, we often get the question, and, it, and it's a good question, it makes sense, mm -hmm. of when we go to, when we sort of go to or embody or draw from our, our wings and our airline connected points, what happens to our dominant instinct or our subtype, right? The subtype is uh, our main type, combined with the influence of the dominant instinct. In other words, um, if I'm a two, if I'm a self-preservation two, when I go to four, am I a self-preservation four? When I go to eight, am I basically drawing on self-preservation eight, a little more than just eight or a different subtype of eight? Um, these are, and that's a very good question. So we just want to say that for now, um, we're going to leave that question unanswered because we are working on what we think is really a good answer to this. Um, sometimes we've said we think it's this, but we're not really sure yet. Um, and we're just sort of really working on getting a deeper understanding of the answer to that question. And so far, what we want to say is we think it's complicated. It's not a it's not a simple answer. So for now, we're not going to answer that question. So if you're having that question, it makes sense. It's a good question. Uh, but we're not going to go there yet because um, we're still working on a, a clear, coherent answer that we think will will serve the, this teaching in a way that makes it deeper and more usable. And, and we're just not quite there yet. And so we don't want to we, we don't want to um, sort of talk about theory that we haven't really fully articulated. We promise to say it here when we get it in the right way yeah. to communicate it. And I am 
of course, extremely excited with this discussion yes. as a social fund. Yes, but our test is if he explains his new theory to me and I can't understand it, then maybe <laughs> other people won't. <laughs> and then B, translates whatever I say in yeah. simpler terms. I'm, for I'm in charge of making uh, the, the social five more comprehensible. And sometimes that's just not possible <laughs> yet, but um, we're working on it. <laughs> okay, so let's talk type by type and starting with eight, as always. So here's what, what we can do, B. Um, let's start with the wings, then go to the arrows. And we talk about each of the two points for, for wings and arrows, mm -hmm. starting with the one before and going to the one after. Mm -hmm. And I say one thing and you say another thing for each of those points. Okay, so Sounds remember good? the order is important, right? It's the wing below and then the wing above, and it's the arrow line movement, talking about the arrow against first and then the arrow toward. Uh, because again, I just want to highlight that we believe doing it in this order is important. And of course, assessing for yourself, which wing are you overusing and which wing are you underusing? And again, the goal isn't to walk around saying like, I'm an eight with a seven wing or mm -hmm. I'm a six with a five wing. Right. The goal is to say, I'm an eight who's overusing seven and needs to work on nine. Yeah. Right. That's the goal that we're talking about here, which is, you know, we've talked before about how we don't think wings are subtypes and sometimes they get talked about that way. But the main point of this conversation is when you say you have a wing, what you're actually saying is you need to do work on to integrate the other wing. It's not a permanent state because remember, the Enneagram is in motion and we're aiming for growth and evolution, not staying statically in one, in one place forever or flying around in circles. Um, it's always, this is the law of three we're talking about. You need to bring in that third uh, point, the other wing, in order to really transform. So so that's the point with that. And, right, right. And let me just say uh, one last thing. Uh, <laughs> one last, one, one last, 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 hope, last, last thing. I hope it's the last. Um, <laughs> but we don't promise. When we, when we want to use these um, points of progress, uh, in in a in an intentional way, like actively going to, for them. One excellent thing to do is to model how that can be by seeing someone in our lives yes. who is from that type. Yes. So I want to mention that because people will ask, so how do I do yes. that? And that's one big one. Yes, 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 exactly. Okay. So exactly. eight. Uh, I'll say one thing that eights can benefit from going to the seven wing first. Mm -hmm. To me, it's flexibility. It's a lot about seeing the, the tones of gray in between black and white. Mm -hmm. A lot about not believing that you have the right answer. Mm -hmm. Not believing that, that you are the right, the, the person who sees the right thing. Mm -hmm. And going to seven, you get curious and flexible to try to find out other ways. Mm -hmm. And what would you add in the arrow for seven to seven for So you're eights? not going to do seven and nine and then I do seven and okay, nine? Okay, I can do that. Yeah. So nine um, for eights means listening more, learning to be more patient with other people, considering what's behind and why it's difficult for them, and uh, being interested in collecting different opinions mm. and taking all points into account. All right. 
So um, for me, um, eights can utilize the wing movement to seven to be lighter and a little more positive and, 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 and look for what's fun in the situation. We sometimes say, say type ones can be a bit serious, but I think sometimes eights can be a bit serious when they're really trying to get something done or they really have a point of view that they're, uh, they think is, you know, the right one and moving things forward. They can get a little bit serious. And so I'd say lightening up, um, having fun with people, mixing up fun with assertiveness, um, seeing what's what's positive, I think can be good for eights when they draw on seven in a, in a good way. And then nine, I think what I would say, it's a little bit like yours, only I think it's a little more general, like accessing, like perceiving what's happening in your environment more, like pausing instead of moving ahead or defining things in a particular way that you think is right. Um, like, like, surveying what's happening around you in the environment. I have a good nine friend and she says, I can always sense a disruption in the force right around me. You know, if some, there's some point of tension or something and if eights can get good at doing what nines do and say, how is everything happening harmoniously already that I can flow with instead of needing to direct that flow in a way that might not be in harmony with what's happening around you. Mm -hmm. Good. So arrows, uh, eight going to two, the arrow against, which is the first movement we recognize, um, is uh, emotions, like getting in touch with emotions and not just doing and staying in touch with emotions without needing to do something about that. And then on five, I'd say counting to three before doing, planning, analyzing, being a bit more in your head and then go to the gut. So for me, I'd say um, eights can utilize two to, to really connect with people in a deeper way, through, especially through empathy. Um, sometimes I think people who aren't heart types, um, they think they're empathizing when they might not be. So really slowing down and really listening to how someone else is feeling, uh, really listening to what they're saying and with the intention of truly connecting um, more from the heart. Without judging. Without judging, really opening up and being receptive to how does that person feel and how does listening to how they feel and expressing how you feel help create more of a connection that's really, really based in sharing feelings and appreciating what's positive in each other. Um, in terms of five, um, I would say it's a little bit like what you said. I would say um, slowing down to think things through. We sometimes say that um, if, if, uh, if the saying is ready, aim, fire, that sometimes eights go uh, fire, ready, aim or something like that. Um, so really slowing things down to survey the situation, to think things through more deeply, to take in more information and more kinds of information. Fives are so good at really looking for information, enjoying the process of taking in information. And I think eights can benefit from that. So moving on to nine, uh, the two wings. First, the wing, uh, the eight wing for nines to me has to do with not listening and listening and listening and listening and just taking everybody's opinions, but coming up with your own opinion first and saying what you want to happen uh, and what you, what you see is the truth. Because reality is that 
many times nines do have opinions and they don't voice them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, on one, I think that nines can be a, a little bit more rigid in a good way uh, mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. Like if someone doesn't do their job, Mm -hmm. Nines at times just go do the, the person's job themselves mm -hmm. because they are avoiding conflict mm -hmm. and ones don't do that. Mm -hmm. Ones first, you know, are very firm saying you promise this, this deadline mm -hmm. is gone or whatever. So that's how I see two good things on the wings for, for mm -hmm. nines. Mm -hmm. I think on the wings for me, for nines, eights, uh, drawing on eight to tolerate conflict more. I mean, if you think about how do eights view conflict? I mean, of course, not all eights like conflict. I think that can be a stereotype, but a lot of eights just think it's sometimes it's just necessary, you know, and it's not that big a deal. If you just engage in it, it moves things forward, right? So taking on the eight view of conflict a little bit more. And I think with ones, it's um, envisioning a positive outcome that matters to you and then taking concrete steps to get there but drawing on what matters to you to envision that outcome you know not just going with what other people want or what other people say is the goal but what matters to you in terms of the perfect outcome or the ideal that you would like to then uh, take steps to manifest beautiful and then the arrows right right nine's going to three I think they learn how to put themselves first and even show off in a good way. The, the, it's hard for nines to see how can showing off be a good thing, but for them it would be really good, uh, given that they have been spending the whole life, you know, being more invisible and not taking compliments and and being second or third. So that is what I think they get on threes, one of the things. And then going to six, they learn to put limits to people and saying no and going against as a little bit more like contrarians and not, not only people who are agreeable. Mm -hmm. um, now, some of mine, I feel like are just shade, like yeah, yeah. similar to yours, but, but I think yeah, there are good. some key points. So mm -hmm. uh, the, the words I would use for uh, nines utilizing three is just healthy self-promotion. And another way I would say it is owning it. You know, like own your strengths and don't be afraid to voice your opinion and take credit for your ideas. Mm. Um, sometimes I think nines don't express their, they don't speak up and then someone else voices the opinion mm. that they had in the first place that maybe they didn't articulate as well as a nine could. Sometimes it's like seeing your differentials that make you stand above. Yeah. And bringing those to the world in, and instead of just habitually kind of thinking of yourself as less important or just not taking that active step. Threes are good at taking an active step to say, here's what I think we should do, or here's what I do well that I'm going to feel confident about and just go do. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of six, nines draw on six in a good way by accessing some healthy fear. Um, I think sometimes um, uh, nines say they have fear and anxiety inside, but it remains a little bit vague and they don't articulate it in terms of, okay, what am I afraid of? And how can I just see that more clearly? And sometimes when the time is right, um, recognize what I need to do in light of it. Let's go to one. So the, the nine arrow for a one person brings the capacity of tolerance, being a, bit, a little less critical with the other person and being more open to what comes from the other. And then on two, 
once get perhaps a little less angry in the inside and a, a bit more receptive to other people. And they also open up other sorts of emotions that are not just anger. Mm-hmm. I think uh, ones can draw on nine, the nine uh, wing point to be more easygoing, you know, more rolling with the flow. Um, and so uh, that, that can really help them a lot. Just, you know, Go with other people's flow uh, instead of needing to direct the flow in the way you think is right. Uh-huh. They can draw on the two wing, I think, um, by really having fun with people, um, really enjoying um, being with other people in a more intentional way. Um, they can use the pleasure of relationships to help them relax more and, and be light and enjoy. Beautiful. So arrows for type one people. Going to seven first, ones can have fun, can have a leisure, can prioritize that, and sometimes do this before duty. And then going to four, it's more like not only doing the operations, the everyday thing, and, and doing what's next, but th- thinking bigger and envisioning things, like bringing in a bigger vision and talking about their purpose in life. Yeah, I think ones uh, draw on seven um, to let go of shoulds and musts and um, lighten up on themselves, especially Um, not be so self-critical, critical, recognize there could be many right ways of doing things. And that can be it can be a fun, creative process to consider all the different uh, opportunities and possibilities. I think sevens draw on four in a healthy way to accept more their deeper emotions and um, see it as something really positive to get in touch with their emotions and express those emotions and be with emotions rather than just needing to do something about them or repress them because somehow there's something wrong with that. Right. So for choose, um, I think that both the one wing and the three wing uh, talk about an opportunity of going for tasks and not only relationships and being more practical in doing and going for things without just revolving around emotions. But mm-hmm. I think that the one wing is more about the process. It's more about, you know, going to details that are important while the three wing is a bit more going for results, uh, no matter what the emotional process is. What do you think is a true? I think um, the one wing can help um, with evaluating what's going on with some objectivity, but not with harshness or too much emotion. Like, oh, we need to course correct here because this could be better. I think sometimes twos can take that personally or feel bad if they made a mistake. And I think being able to just do a critical evaluation of what needs to change or how we can implement something without making it overly problematic to have, have that evaluation and, and being objective, I think, is, is something ones do, even though they're not head, head types. Good. Uh, in terms of two going to three, um, I think it's about um, being able to, uh, you know, at will more regularly let go of feeling and get more into doing um, to accomplish that task um, without, 
you know, getting too bogged down in the emotions, um, just doing it instead of um, creating obstacles that come more from an emotional place or more from a place of, um, you know, being hard on yourself. Right. And then the arrows, when choose go to four, they get in touch with uh, their own agenda, their own needs. They come inside and they don't stay only with other people. And then going to eight, Dee mentioned that for herself, uh, it's more like putting boundaries, saying what they need and want. So on four, they get in touch with what they need. On eight, they affirm what they need in front of other people. Right. And I think for twos, um, going to four, sometimes it's greater acceptance of emotions. Twos can be emotional, but they can judge it. You know, they can repress it. They can think, oh, I'm having this feeling, but it's not okay or it won't be okay. It'll distance me from somebody else. Um, I think if we can go inside and, and get more accepting and validate our own emotions, uh, then we can express them with more confidence in the ways that healthy fours do. I think uh, twos going to eight, um, it's a lot about owning your power as well and, and um, getting more comfortable with balancing, um, you know, my way and, uh, and, and saying what I think instead of needing to make sure that's okay with everybody else, right? So needing approval a little bit less, um, needing other people's validation a little bit less at eight. So three, when threes go to two as the first wing, uh, in my view, they develop a, a more focus on the relationship itself and not just the goal. Uh, the relationship might even become an end at times and not a means. And then on four, threes talk about their hard feelings and they, they disclose more. Um, and, and talking not only about their achievements, they get in touch with harder emotions that they may be facing and they become more approachable when they do that. Yeah, I think threes can draw on the wing point of two to slow their roll a little bit and listen to others more. Um, sometimes they disconnect from people when they're on the pathway to their goal. It's like laser focus on the goal and the tasks to get there. And they forget to bring other people along with them or to enjoy the ride, in, 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 especially if they're working with others. Um, but they also, I think, threes sometimes under underappreciate their own abilities to connect with people. Um, so owning a little bit more um, how people like you or how people appreciate what you're doing and want to connect with you. And so opening up to expressing yourself from the heart a little bit more and creating a little more of that connection along the way, instead of mainly going for the task or work focus. Okay. So um, then threes can use four, I think, to value depth of emotion. I think four, threes sometimes have this idea, uh, as my friend Val says, um, that, that, that emotions are not aerodynamic, uh, that emotions aren't productive, that emotions slow you down. Um, and so like having a, a value that emotions are important, they bring important information, they get you in touch with the depth of who you are, with your truer self, and not just the image that you may be trying to create. So getting in touch with four in that way of like accessing your inner truth uh, and, and recognizing that true success 
a greater success than you maybe usually go for comes from being more in touch with your heart. Oh. So arrows, when threes go to six, they look at risks. And that is important for a three who tends to be only positive and then don't want to to uh, doesn't want to look at risks because it will slow them down. Uh, and then on nine, the develop patience, uh, a capacity to relax and wait and see what is happening already and be more in the flow. Right, and I think uh, three utilizing six in a healthy way um, can mean, again, like getting in touch with healthy fear. Um, instead of just charging ahead, slowing down and saying, okay, what are the potential problems we could run into? Sometimes threes don't want to look at the potential problems ahead of time. They don't want to um, really question what's happening more deeply. They feel like that will slow them down too much. So it can be a good thing um, to allow for healthy fear, healthy um, uh, diving deeper into questioning what might be happening. Um, and then in, in terms of uh, threes going to nine, I think it's um, recognizing that slowing down, um, creating a slower pace, um, finding ways to relax and moderate your pace um, can be really good. And that some of that energy can come from nine. Right. So moving on to four, uh, fours going to the three wing. Uh, can benefit from just going ahead regardless of their emotions, not giving way and space just for emotions and go to do stuff. And then on five, they can become a bit more rational, more like objective, logical, and not only give way to the oscillation of emotions that they sometimes experience. Type four can use the, their wing point of three to become um, a little bit less focused on their internal world, on emotions, and a little bit more on how they need to shift their expression or their communication in order to get along more or coordinate more with others. Fours can then use the five wing to um, to be more objective, to take in more objective information to counter what their feelings might be telling them or their over-focus at times on feelings. Right. So the arrows for four, uh, going to one means uh, getting disciplined and, and being more like one step after the other, uh, a bit more, more process-oriented, uh, which is not that difficult for force, but not in details. Sometimes do what's good enough and not what's special. And then, um, and not good enough in terms of not excellent. Doing the excellent, but by the book, sometimes you don't need to create or innovate. And then uh, on two, they go inside out. Fours might live in the inner world and on two, they see reality and people for what it is or who they are. So fours can um, utilize their error movement to one um, to get more grounded, more in touch with the body, more in touch with creating routines that support them in more practical ways. 
um, then when they go to two, fours can um, balance giving and receiving. They can ba balance that focus on the outside with the focus, the natural focus on the inside. Uh, they can be of service more and connect more to others in uh, ways that really bridge the gap instead of uh, when, the way the four can bring something inside them. Right. So five, five going to the four wing, get creativity. They become a bit more like inventors and not just researchers. They, they start creating things out of the box and get more passionate about all of that. And then going to six, they, they get a little bit of positive anxiety. They, they don't stay too calm in, in front of a crisis or just aloof or just uh, not engaging with someone when the person is stressed. So I think this is positive for fives. It's not positive for a six to talk about anxiety, but maybe a bit more anxiety for a five can be good. So I think fives, um, <clears throat> they can draw on uh, positive aspects of four uh, by learning to have a more intentional process around learning to have their feelings more, it can feel threatening for a five to, you know, learn to be more with their feelings. So having a more, more space and more acceptance of the process of getting more in touch with emotions, of learning to be with them more, learning to be with them more in relationships, which can be challenging. So it's like, almost conceptualizing emotions as something very positive and allowing themselves the space and time they need, but having a real uh, movement forward into understanding and being with their emotions. And of course, that helps them be more with the emotions of other people too. I agree with that as a five myself. Yeah, thank you. And then fives can you draw on uh, six as a wing point. Uh, when they can um, be a little more active in expressing um, some of their doubts, some of their questions. Sometimes fives stay inside themselves and toss things around a lot inside before sharing anything with other people. And I think sixes can be a little more proactive around um, asking questions or raising doubts or bringing up things that they think need to be attended to as problems or issues. And I think sometimes fives stay a little bit too much with that inside and people around them don't really know what's happening and they don't really realize that they haven't communicated because it's habitual not to. So I think they can draw on six by being a little bit more of a shit disturber, if, if you will, a little bit more disrupting things as a way of drawing attention to things in a way that fives can sort of um, sometimes err on the side of staying quiet. Right. And I think the eighth arrow is also about not staying quiet uh, and saying what you don't agree with in, in right away, because otherwise, as a five, I can tell that we just stay with our d disagreement in the inside and we, we become arrogant, uh, mm -hmm. like thinking, ah, oh, it, it's not even wor worth explaining. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's one thing on the the. Uh, arrow to eight and then the arrow to seven is a lot about saying things before you are sure about and being more spontaneous out there uh, and fun right so i think fives can usefully draw on the arrow to eight um, by 
um, being a little more concrete, engaging in the world in more pragmatic, practical ways, like showing up um, not only physically, but with all of them and, and engaging a little bit more openly with people. Um, and sometimes that can be driven a little bit by some anger or assertiveness or willingness to confront. And I think in fives, those can be really positive things mixed with their naturally um, intellectual, thoughtful nature, um, being a little bit more pragmatic, a little bit more concrete, a little bit more um, oriented to doing what's necessary um, and not holding back can be a good thing, a good use of eight. And then uh, a good use of seven uh, for fives, I think, can be um, drawing more on their sense of humor. Um, oftentimes, fives can be very funny. They can have a really interesting, funny perspective on things. Um, but again, they may not always share those. They may not always value that in themselves the way other people do when they risk letting it out more often and in deeper ways. Good. So six. Um um when sixes use the five wing they get calmer and less anxious a little bit the opposite of what i said for fives with using the six wing mm -hmm. and that's really important for sixes like calming down mm -hmm. and then on the wing the seven wing sixes just see more of the positive they 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 see the half full uh glass of water and they think that the best can happen not only the worst. Right, right, right. Um, I think sixes use the five arrow in a, in a good way um, when they um, allow themselves to not react as much. Sometimes sixes can react from fear and, and, and react a little bit quickly coming from that sense of fear in whatever way they might. I think fives, it's sort of like they, they, they have the reaction more on the inside and they sort of mull it over and, and process a little bit more. And I think sixes can really benefit from that. Like, okay, I see a sign of danger here, but is it really a sign of danger? And how can I get more information? And how can I see that in a larger space and, and not necessarily react to it so quickly, especially when we're talking about reaction from fear. Um, and because fives can kind of hold that in a larger space. Fives need to react a little bit more from fear sometimes. Um, uh, they can sort of hold themselves away from fully feeling their fear, uh, but sixes can feel the fear too much. And so they benefit from sort of holding that a little bit at bay and getting more information and looking outside at the evidence to see what's really happening in the way I think fives do a little bit better. Um, and then in terms of the seven wing for sixes, um, I think it's, of course, um, being able to see the positive and not the negative, um, be able to positively reframe, or it might be a better way of saying it, um, see the positive as well as the negative and see them both together and not necessarily interpret something as negative or see that contrarian tendency and, and lighten that up a little bit. Like I don't have to go against everything. I can see many possibilities and I can enjoy the conversation where we play with different ideas and I don't have to, to sort of make something bad that isn't yet or um, move run away from what's bad just because everybody else is saying it's bad. Good. So arrows for a six. Going to the arrow against to nine, it's a lot about relaxation. And sixes are very tense and many times they don't know how much 
they are tense mm -hmm. and online they relax they it's it's like the five wing is being calm but the nine mm -hmm. arrow is being relaxed in the body mm -hmm. perspective and then going to three is don't plan as much don't try to think overthink things and just go do before you have certainty mm -hmm. I think six is going to nine. It's um, a little bit, a little bit like for ones. It's going with the flow. Um, it's seeing where things are going, and especially if things are um, taking you in the direction of um, something that's positive for you. Allowing yourself to enjoy that, allowing yourself to let that happen in a way that isn't always about like being responsible or making something happen, but it's more about just going with the flow of what's happening, allowing other people's agendas to drive the show in a way that you go along with without questioning too much. Yeah. And then the six going to three, um, I think it's about um, being more comfortable being on stage and allowing yourself to um, see that as something that you can feel good about you know, where you can enjoy um, being received by people in a positive way. Enjoy the applause of the crowd uh, and not back away from that. Good point. So sevens, when sevens go to six, they do something really important for them, which is seeing the half empty glass of water. And there is a saying that says you must always see the half full, but not sevens. Sevens mm -hmm. need to start seeing the half empty and get in touch with what's not, not okay with them. Mm -hmm. And then going to eight, they stop uh, approaching conflicts in an indirect way. They start going straight to the point of what needs to change because sevens can be really indirect in approaching conflicts. Yeah. I would say um, sevens can <clears throat> excuse me, sevens can utilize six in a in a good way by owning a little bit more, making more conscious their anti-authoritarian stance. I think sixes are usually pretty clear that they about that they have a sort of complicated relationship with authority. They can go against authority. They can want a good authority, but be suspicious of authority. I think sevens kind of cover over um, their need to go against the authority by, oh, it's just all fun. We're all friends. You know, let's just take it really light and not always own the fact that they really don't want to be controlled, that they're really going against anyone that wants to li limit their freedom. And sometimes that means being anti-authority. So I think just being more honest with themselves about that and being more conscious and aware of how they deal with authority and when they might want to go against it through just charming and disarming, being a little bit more forthright about what they don't like or what they don't want to do instead of um, using intellectual charm as the way around the authority. Mm -hmm. And then I think in terms of um, type eight, I think um, sometimes sevens um, can get a little bit lost in their um, envisioning future possibilities and all the different ways we can do things. Um, and, and they can have trouble actually taking action, like finding the best possibility and taking action on that. Mm -hmm. And I think eights are really good at that. And so taking on that eight stance, okay, once we've considered the options and we've brainstormed a bit, then we're going to very consciously pick the right one and have the courage to move forward with that without distracting ourselves or staying in the confusion or the questioning. Mm. Or the imagination. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So seven's going to to the uh, 0.5 arrow connecting point. So going to five, sevens uh, go inside here instead of being outside there. It's more like turning the attention <clears throat> from all stimulus that is of what's happening, of what I can do and engage with, to being with myself and uh, and finding this place that is sacred inside and not just just um, going for distractions sometimes and then going to one sevens uh, uh, really acquire focus by being in their bodies and not just go for multiple options like one thing at a time mm -hmm. I think sevens um, benefit uh, from the movement to five um, to really get interested in uh, in something from the point of view of developing a specialist point of view. Um, sevens can be too much generalists and not enough going deeper into things. And I think fives are super good at saying, oh, I'm really interested in this. I'm going to learn everything about it. I'm going to drill down very deeply. I'm going to take the whatever time it need, I need to do that and really, really know the subject thoroughly before I go talk about it, right? Sometimes sevens can go start talking about something when they really haven't developed the expertise to do it. And they can actually succeed a bit at it, which only compounds the problem. Um, so I think they can use fives in, uh, five in that way. Become a specialist, not just don't just stay a generalist. And then uh, they can use one in many good ways. But I think one is, okay, if you have a, a, a grand vision or a bold plan, um, how, creating the discipline to really break it down into steps and really um, describe and articulate those steps in a way where you can really even come to enjoy the implementation process more than you sometimes do. Sevens like the idea stage much more than the implementation, but sevens are excellent at creating processes and structures um, for implementations and seeing things in a step-by-step -step way that make them more simple to follow a particular path. And I think sevens can benefit from that tendency of ones. Beautiful. I think we talked about many good resources for growth. And forget about the other points on the Enneagram, the other four points. Concentrate on these ones that you have a more direct connection to. Yes. I sometimes hear people say, oh, we're all nine types. We have them all in us. And while at a very high level, that might be true because the Enneagram symbol and the circle is a kind of symbol of wholeness. But we're, we're as, as mere humans who are working to do what we can to become more aware uh, and raise our consciousness, we need to do things in the ways that make a difference. And I think drawing on these four connected points in the ways that we're describing um, when, with the wings, when it's maybe earlier on the path and we want a more simple stretch with the airline movements, when you're ready for something more radical, something more challenging, um, if you can start with these as a way of integrating, uh, other types and going with the flow of what the, what life, what the universe is bringing you, I think that can be a more effective way of breaking out of your box and breaking out of your fixated view of your, uh, that uh, the lens that you, that you tend to be caught in without always realizing that you are. Good. 
So that does it for this episode of the Enneagram 2.0 podcast. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us next time uh, for the conversation we end up having then where we talk about all things Enneagram.